Episode 11, we're here. No. <laughs> episode 12, <laughs> which coincidentally <laughs> is my favourite number. <laughs> Beat you to it, uh, you dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get for saying 11. I screwed yeah, blow up. It. You blew it. Oh, my God. Um, we have a great guest today, an we amazing, uh, very interesting, Tash Peterson. Thank you for coming on. Uh, who authorised this podcast? What number? 12. Episode. Lovely number. Dave's favourite number. Fantastic number. People can have more than one favourite number. All right? I'm being <laughs> yeah. demonised. Yeah. Tash, demonised. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be holding on to this till like – to a bit by grave. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you haven't heard about what Tash is doing, she's an animal rights activist, a disruptive animal rights activist. And I've been keeping a close tab on what you've been mm. doing, Tash, and I'm fascinated yeah. by it. But do you kind of want to run us down a little bit about how you got started and, you know, what you're doing? Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, firstly, thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, just a bit of a background into how I got to where I am today. I've been vegan for just over five years now and I made that change very suddenly. In fact, I just went vegan overnight after watching a documentary called Food Choices and it just highlighted the animal cruelty occurring specifically in the meat, dairy and egg industries but all animal industries that are using animals, whether it be for food, uh, clothing, entertainment, etc. And... I just knew that I had to go vegan overnight. I just realised that I was completely going against my morals about caring for animals and the environment as well. So learning those environmental impacts that animal agriculture has on the planet just really shocked me mm. and that's exactly why I made that change so suddenly. And I'd realised that I'd been lied to my entire life as someone who grew up around nature, caring about mm. animals. I was eating them every day and yeah. I was contributing to the devastation of our planet. And that's exactly why I sort of started to try and make that truth known. So I started using my social media, posting all these things online. And that's sort of what led me onto my journey as a disruptive animal rights activist mm. today. Um, so I sort of started getting involved in lots of different forms of activism. I started my own t-shirt brand and I thought clothing is a powerful form to wear the message. Um, I did lots of street outreach, so just engaging with the public, having conversations about animal rights. Mm. And then I sort of found my calling a couple of years into being vegan and that was the more disruptive style of activism. I just loved it so much. Mm. Um, and Head on. Yeah. Head on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, and it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's definitely a way to bring awareness. Definitely. Disrupt, I mean, I wouldn't be here today word. if I didn't yeah. disrupt. Yeah. I wouldn't have all these platforms. No one would know who I was. No one would know my message if mm. I didn't disrupt. Yeah. So it's just, I think it's been used throughout history to create social change. Civil rights activists, the suffragettes, gay rights activists all disrupted to gain their rights that they have today. And especially when the content these days is very short, like you can sit there and scroll through stuff. Mm. Um, I guess the way that you are bringing awareness, um, having these clips where it's very disruptive and it's very, you know, out there, um, mm. people don't scroll really quickly past your stuff. They'll be like, oh, my God, like it's kicking off here in the supermarket. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, John's about to go get his chops. And why is this girl doing this? <laughs> Exactly. Why is she doing it? Let's look into why. People start looking into a bit more. Um, yep. So I think it's got a place. 
I think it's definitely going to place. And I think, definitely. yeah, um, I, I said I'm pro, you know. Yeah, yeah we, talk, we talked about this a little bit when we were discussing um, having you on and we'd both been following a bit of what you'd been doing. And, and I think one of the common things Luke and I said is that we love that there's disruptive activism on one side of things to keep in check, like corporations and industries who will just run rampant if people were just like, no, I'm not that into it, they mm. don't do shit. They're mm. not doing nothing. So we were both kind of fascinated by what you were doing. What was the first – when did you turn from uh, passive into disruptive uh, mm. protest, do you think? Like what was that first kind of event? Yeah, I remember it. Um, I was at an RSPCA dog walking event and the reason – I myself and some other activists were there were to just hold up some signs and do a peaceful protest and sort of have conversations with the public. The reason we chose this event is because RSV, RSPCA are approving abhorrent animal abuse and murder and they make themselves out to be an organisation that care about animals, but they don't. So we were there to try and raise awareness um, about what is happening and also the fact that everyone's dog lovers and make them realise that there's no moral difference between a dog or a pig or a cow, etc. And so we were there just peacefully protesting and I decided to do a live stream. Um, and initially on the live stream, I was just talking to the people watching online saying what's going on, why we're there. And something just came to me where I realised that people there in the moment walking their dogs past me were actually listening to what I was saying and it just came to me and I just started speaking out. Like it wasn't as disruptive as what I do today, but that's how I kind of found my voice and that's how my activism sort of evolved to what I do today. So just I just realised, wow, I, I can just speak out loudly and I can get so much more attention if I do that. Mm. And that ended up getting media attention and that's when I realised media, the media is the key. The more the media is talking about it, the more the public is. And that's exactly how I can generate this message and put it into public dialogue. So the RSPCA will put their stamp on certain food products, right? Yes. Where they think it's um, humanely mm. raised and, and slaughtered. Mm. Um, and was that kind of where you guys were like, that's not what you should be doing or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, th I think the whole organisation is corrupt. Firstly, because how can they call themselves an animal welfare organisation whilst their logo is literally on the murdered bodies of animals? Mm. And yeah, th there's all these farms, whether it be meat, dairy or egg farms, and they're RSPCA approved farms. And that's a, just a marketing tactic to make consumers be fooled into believing that they're purchasing something ethical. But at the end of the day, no matter how well those animals are raised, they're all sent to the same murder house where mm. their throats slit. How can we say that's humane and ethical when it's completely unnecessary? So that's just another industry lie, exactly mm. why I do my activism to raise awareness that these industries are fooling us to think that something humane happened mm. for that dead body to get on our plates. Do, do you find that, uh, <clears throat> okay, so these big corporations that have built up, say, their industry is, say, dog food. Um, they've been running now for probably years and years and years creating dog food. Um, you go and buy dog food and the cheapest brands probably, you know, you always look at the star rating and stuff like that. You, you can feed a dog. Can you feed a dog anything but 
meat? Like, is there a lot of wheat products and stuff like that? Like wheat dog food that doesn't include. I know just for personal. Like, are you saying is there vegan dog food? Yeah, like is there? Mm, ve- yeah, there, there is. is. There is. Oh, there really? is. Okay. My so dog that's... eats completely plant based, okay. and there's like certified vegan dog food brands. Okay. And there's evidence to show that dogs can thrive and survive on a plant based diet, okay. and there's even health benefits. Yeah. They're very similar to humans. That's in that interesting. Aspect. Does um like where would you go to find stuff like that? Um, well, it is becoming more abundant in our local supermarkets. Okay. I believe IGA are now stocking lots of vegan dog food. Coles now have vegan dog food yeah. treats. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, beforehand, yeah, I had to purchase it over east or something like yeah. that, but it definitely is becoming more abundant in our local supermarkets. Do you find the, the costings is uh, like, you know, everyone, it's like the milk industry, Right, you go and buy milk, and then Coles and Woolworths brought out their own brand, and they made it like ten times cheaper than the the other other brands. Like I'm not like, uh, you know, I I am someone that's eat meat, dairy, like in that I, because I I probably eat way too much. Like I think it's is it Western culture that we just eat abundance of meat. Like, do we eat too much meat over here? Definitely. Compared to the rest Probably of the world? I mean, uh, humanity's biggest killer is heart disease, which is abundant yeah. amongst Western cultures. Yeah, and the leading cause of that is animal product consumption because yeah. of the saturated fat and cholesterol content. Oh. And it's being fed to us every day. Like, go to McDonald's, eat yeah. this, eat that. You need it to be healthy. Yeah. And we're literally eating ourselves to a death, heart attack. To death. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm slightly on the opposite side of that spectrum where I think that it is uh, sugar-based products, yep. wheat, wheat-based products that are, that are also contributing to that stuff. I think there's a fair bit of – like I think there's science on both sides to say like I also eat a meat-based diet, um, but I eat no carbohydrate. So that's like a um, – I think when there's a combination of like high-fat, high-sugar – high wheat type diets and that's where there's like major major problems for people and that thing of people being pushed like you have to eat meat or you have to eat this or whatever our regular food triangle is a total mess well that has been uh something that had been discussed for ages hasn't it because what was at the top uh they had bread the, yeah bread was at the top, my, it? my diet is basically isn't that just like a filler yeah like, nothing processed yeah you I don't, don't eat, eat processed, much. processed food yeah so purely vegetables. I try to eat as much vegetables as possible, but yeah, I do. How, how does mm. like my biggest question is how do you just change your diet completely? Like you must yeah, have had to do, do a lot of research. Wait, before can, mm. can yeah, we come back to back. that yeah, one? Go. I just want to ask you one question for people listening at home. Can you can you tell us exactly what your definition of vegan is? Like what you will eat, what you won't eat. Yeah, so veganism is not a diet. I def- define it as an ethical view against animal cruelty and exploitation. So it ex- extends beyond diet. Of course, okay. diet is a part of it. I will not consume any animal products, yeah. meat, dairy, eggs, yeah. honey, etc. Milk, no milk. No, right, yeah. no dairy products okay. at all. Okay, okay. Um, I don't wear animal products. I don't use animal products, etc. So yeah. that extends, yeah, to clothing. I won't go t- and support zoos or... Sea worlds, etc., because yeah. I don't believe animals are here for us to for be us. commodities or yeah. entertainment. So I'm against uh, animals being used mm. for any human purpose where it's unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Sorry, now back yeah. to you. No, no, that, that's that's good because um, the public try to pick people apart. You know, I, I can sit there and say I can. From the moment I was younger, I always wanted to be a zoologist, right? And I was my it was my goal. I went and studied aquaculture because I was like, oh, maybe. 
you know, growing fish and I don't know, like that was where I went after TAFE. Um, but somehow I ended up in the mining industry just for the money, you know, and just obviously because I was, I grew up a bit poor and I wanted to kind of like, you know, I wanted to look after it. And, and when you talk about morals and stuff, you know, for years I was like, oh, look at my morals. I'm just bending them for a, a bit of money, you know. And for you to sit there and find that realisation at, at, what, five years ago? Yeah. Five years ago you just sit there and go, do you know what? How can I sit there and, and uh, feel this way and keep doing what I'm doing? Like, uh, and you've obviously grown, got such a good following and people that probably think that way as well, but they're all stuck in this trap of, you know, life of, you know, having to go down that, you know, you go to the shopping centre and, and you get fed your meat mm. like like in a, in a little package. Oh, can I also yeah. just... I know this is not in line with your values at all, but I'm anti-supermarket meat, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. For what that's worth to you, which is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, stop eating meat. Well, I, Completely. human waste. I was like, I don't know yeah, if I should yeah, tell yeah. Tash I'm eating meat. So, Tash, what was, when did it start to really ramp up for you? So you've had the RSPCA. That's your first kind of taste of disruptive mm. uh, activism. And then when does it start to get like, ooh, okay, this is going to ruffle some feathers? Yeah. So, well, my first sort of supermarket disruption was a, ve a very last minute idea that my friend and I came up with. Um, I was actually behind the camera. I wasn't the activist, but she decided to dress in a cow onesie and we went into a supermarket and did a film. Now, it wasn't disruptive, but this is what led me to really where I am today mm. using creativity and yeah. disruptive activism. And it was just a video that I took of her and she was mourning in front of the animal flesh in Woolworths. Mm. And this video just went viral. Mm. Like it was reported by Unilad. It just got millions of views. And then that's mm. when I was like, wow, the combination. I didn't speak out for this in the, during this one, but I realised if I combined what I did at the RSPCA with creativity and mm. actually going in the supermarket, I knew that I had a lot of potential there. So soon after that one, I came up with the idea to dress as a slaughterhouse worker mm. on Christmas Eve. This was a few years ago now. Oh, that's a nice present um, for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing the screams yeah. of animals inside yeah. Australian slaughterhouses as well. Yeah. So it was very bloody and loud. Yeah. yeah. And this is where that's my journey <laughs> began. Now, yeah, yeah. Can, can I, I, I just say, because you mentioned Uniland, um, you strike me as someone, and we've just met now, I've been following you on socials for a while, you seem very self-aware about what, you're doing and, and what's happening and how probably you're portrayed mm. was Unilad, like if they're posting videos of, and if you're talking about that one of your friend where she's mourning um, meat that's already been uh, butchered, is Unilad posting that in like a, hey, look at this great vegan activism they're doing? Are they posting it as like, look at these guys, what a bunch of chumps? Yeah, exactly. The so, media have created their narrative yeah. about animal rights Like to kind of make fun of general. you guys a little yeah. bit, right? Now is that... Is that better for your cause that, like, say, 100 million people see a video where they're maybe making fun of what you're doing or are you better supported by videos where people are supportive of your cause and then, you know, only a 1,000 people see it? What's the – like, are you just happy that Unilad plays that? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't really care what the media narrative is about me. Of course, they're always going to report on the activists themselves and not actually the message they're conveying. Yeah, yeah. In saying that – Definitely over the years, they, the media tend to quote me really well and they get my message out 
so well, yeah. but they still have that narrative like crazy vegan. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. read a pest, lot of etc. And I'm, yeah. I think that yes. is just going to get more views and more the message out there. And then you'll find your people, people right? Yeah. Like you find your tribe. Like people gravitate towards you because of the eyes that. Because mm. maybe some people are like, oh, look at these guys. That's silly. But then there's a lot of people that will be like, wow, I really like what you're doing, right? Definitely. Mm. I okay. mean, yeah, I get messages all the time from people literally around the world saying thank you so much. Yeah. I read this media article about you or I saw this video about you on social media. Mm. It led me to watching Dominion, which is a documentary on YouTube, yeah. and now I'm going vegan. So I know that. One hundred percent, it is working. How does how does it affect you guys? Because for Luke and I, having been on reality TV, we've been fa- made fun of in the yeah. media yeah. <laughs> before, yeah. not to the extent yeah. you guys are. Yeah. Because I think there is a tendency for media to really kind of make a joke of people that are doing <laughs> activism, mm-hmm. and they see a video of what you do, and they'll be like, "Look at this crazy person." Yeah, right? and they and they really mm-hmm. probably try to portray you as a bit of like a crazy, a bit of a looper, this and that. But exactly. now you're sitting there, and I'm talking to you, and we we know you're not. You know, you're going in there with one an idea and some people have creative ideas and never ever do anything with them um that's probably me you know and then on top of it you come in there with a message Mm. you put you're putting it all together it's actually quite creative you know in in the idea because you are there for a purpose um and on top of it i just feel like life can be exhausting you know when you're constantly doing this and that and you're the energy that it takes to at least still come up with these ideas, go to courts, blah, 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 create your whole thing, you're still focusing all your energy to something which is when you look at the message, it's a good message. Yeah, you're so just it- trying to make the world a nicer place. Like, yeah, and exactly. so where animal abuse and certain things, like you might not sway everybody because, you know, there are people that like meat and there are people that don't, you know, and – I think because there's the there's a massive spectrum of people out there. Um, I think there's people that agree with it, but still like to eat meat, but would like the meat to be killed in a humane way. And then there's the ways that like the moral compass, where it's like I know I'm doing the wrong thing. Yeah, well, I think mm. you would say there is no humane way to kill animals. Yeah, right? yeah. That's, your yeah, so yours, yeah that's my argument. Is yeah. I think humane slaughter is another propaganda tactic by these industries because if you think about it, it is an oxymoron the definition of humane is to show compassion and benevolence so mm. if you had an animal right in front of you regardless of what species they are tell me how you would humanely take their life i don't think any of us could even come up with any way to mm. humanely murder them if you had that knife or gun yeah. in your hand yeah um, and I've seen so much footage. They fight until their very last breath. Mm. They're absolutely terrified. Oh, yeah, and I've been outside slaughterhouses and um, just locally to Perth. And, for example, pigs, they're just six months old. I've seen – I've looked into their eyes on the truck before they go in the slaughterhouse. Yeah. I've heard them screaming mm. as they burn from the inside out in carbon dioxide gas chambers. And this is all RSPCA-approved practice. They are absolutely terrified. And they want to live just like us, so and, and just uh, trying to share their stories. Uh, you know, when a, when a baby gets taken away from a mother, human mother, you can tell that you know the mother will fight for death for the kids. You know, exactly. And then you, when you see it, when it happens to an animal, you think, oh yeah, it should be fine. Like, but they have the exact same type of fear. Mm. You see exactly. it. You see it. I've seen a magpie get hit by a car. 
And then the other magpies came and flew down into the dead one. And you can see they were crying. They were crying for the other magpie. And I was like, oh, man. Like, like, I don't even like magpies anyways because they swoop me all the time. They probably weren't crying for too long because then they start attacking kookaburras. And you're like, stop (laughs) doing that, you bastards. But it's the animal kingdom, right? So, okay, you do this this stuff. Now... You see the way humans, even now, we're fighting wars and the way, you know, every day you hear some human-on-human type of violence or something like this. How much faith do you have that this industry is ever going to change, the way that people just are to other people? Like, not everyone thinks the same. Like, I like to always think I'm a bit naive. I always think the best of everyone, but sometimes it's... It's not he the does. case. He does. Yeah. The best of yeah, you know, but I try to. I try it's to. It's a nice yeah, trait. It's, it's a, a nice, nice trait. And I like that way because I like honestly going, I like everybody. <laughs> you know? It's like but the do, opposite of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it run. is. But when you really see the, the big wild world, it's, uh, you know, how do you how do you think you're going to change things? Do you, do you just think, I know I might not be able to, but I'm going to try. Is that? Yeah. I mean, I remain pretty positive hmm. and... I mean, even just being five years as a vegan, seeing the significant change within that period of time is absolutely amazing. And I honestly do believe that veganism is the future. Mm. Um, And I think within the next few decades, a lot of these industries will be close to being completely abolished. I truly believe that. And we're going to have to change if we want this planet to survive. Mm. I mean, obviously I'm doing it for the morals of those animals themselves, but if we want to survive as, you know, on this planet. Yeah, because we're just fishing then over fishing. We, yeah, over exactly. Oh, yeah. Over, just exactly. Over eating, Do you think right? veganism is a, a sustainable model for the populace? Definitely. Like, yeah. Because ev- there's nothing more sustainable than consuming a plant-based diet because animal agriculture is one of the leading causes of climate change. Mm. 70 billion land animals are bred into existence every year. Mm. When you think about the amount of food and other resources Mm. just to keep those animals alive and then to be murdering them en masse for human food consumption, Mm. take that away and you know, I think I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's about 45% of the earth's ice-free land that is actually occupied by livestock. Mm. Take that all away and, you know, forests can be grown back. Um, We're also seeing, though, some very interesting times with over-farming, problems with topsoil because farmers are constantly rotating crops. Do you think if we really push, if if it does happen, they push more into like a vegan-based vegetarian-based diet, we then are going to run into issues in terms of uh, fertilization, which we need the animals for, and uh, just farming commercial crops because the topsoils, et cetera, aren't – like do we have the actual ability to do it even as we scale up? Because to get those crops, you need more space – well, I won't argue more space than animal crops, but don't you think that will cause issues with over-farming? No, not at all, because at the moment a majority of crops are grown to feed farmed animals. So, again, taking farmed animals out of the equation in a vegan world, Mm. you wouldn't need anywhere near as much land space for those crops at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, Can I ask you your your impression on this? So I was a big fan of Oatly, oat milk. I got into the oat milk thing for a while. Then I got out of the oat milk thing because they were putting too much oil in it. And uh, I heard about a story where because Oatly says it's vegan – um, 
they basically end up with this oat mash and they were feeding that oat mash to animals that were then being killed and the vegan populace was like, well, that's not a vegan product anymore. What are your thoughts on that? Wow, I didn't actually know about that. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that doesn't sound uh, very one, moral. For me, one of the things I like is that the mash is being used for livestock mm. feed. Yeah. And then one of the things obviously we don't like is that the animals are being mm. murdered. Mm. But does that does any kind of association with that for a company like Oatly, does that now for you, are you like, nah, you're dead to me. I'm not drinking oat milk. <laughs> That's a very difficult question. I am. Because Screw oatly, oatly, whatever, that is. whatever that is. I don't even know what it is. Screw them. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious, delicious yeah. oat milk. Yeah. It, has a, it has a cup of rapeseed yeah. oil. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because it is merely impossible to be 100% cruelty-free. Mm. I mean, I know my lifestyle still contributes to animal suffering, unfortunately, and any choice that we make, is going to involve some form of animal suffering and we can only try our best. And exactly that's exactly why I'm trying to call for a vegan world. So for things like that, I mean, yeah, it really comes down to it. Is it necessary or not? And yeah, yeah. probably unnecessary. I can just choose a soy mm. milk option instead without the oil. <laughs> True. But then I get, then, see, then I get worried though that now that mash is being wasted. And it's just rotting and it's going, it's like ruining the environment instead of being consumed by animals. So I think there's like cause and effect for a lot of stuff, you know. Mm. So that's why I was interested just to hear can, whether. Uh, uh, what's, oh, yes. Did you want to finish that? No, 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 so, so jump my, on my in there. Is, yeah. is, um, not, not a fan it, of the Oatly isn't, chat. Isn't, <laughs> isn't there um, a stage where you get like too many animals, like too much mice, too many things. They're like plagues of things that oh. you need to kill. You need to like stop a plague of, you know, whether it be cane toads or whether it's mice or sometimes there's there's a thing where, like, there's too much of it. I think there's too many humans. Yeah, oh, completely. <laughs> Should we do yeah. a mass human cull? I mean, well, yeah. Look, it looks like well, they tried. They, yeah. tried that <laughs> they did try that with COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? The, yeah, like, yeah. um, yeah. Like, the Illuminati. Yeah, it's <laughs> Cutting uh, down it's on complex. the populace. It's complex, but, yeah. How, how would you um, address some situations, I guess, that are like plaguey? I think there's alternatives to not mass murdering a group of like, animals, whether mm. there's too many of them or not. And I think humans are the most invasive species on this planet and we are the causal reason why most of these things happen. For example, yeah, all the introduced species in Australia that are contributing to this destruction of wildlife mm. and everyone says... The answer is to cull them, but I don't believe that's true at all. Um, I think there's alternatives to, um, you know, controlling populations, etc. And I honestly believe most of this wouldn't be happening in a vegan world. Have you seen those videos where the mice are just like overrunning, mm. like farm? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I like I love all animals <laughs> equally, but geez, those mice <laughs> cheap as creepers. Imagine one of those little bastards yeah. running up your pant leg. <laughs> Crazy that farmers walking through there like we got a problem here. There's uh, literally a hundred thousand yeah. mice <laughs> swarming him. <laughs> imagine trying to shut your door and yeah. just like get out of there. Imagine like after a while you'd just be like you just let him just you just have at yeah, it. You just, just live as a mice man. <laughs> <laughs> just, this is my life now. Uh, live on your body. I always thought, um, you know, um, because there is so many like people having different moral compasses, um, 
trying to waver people down than do cold turkey, say, for instance, you just changed overnight, right? Mm. Um, what did your family think about that? Did you just like, did all of a sudden you like go to your mum like, oh, yeah, yeah, like one day you like, you know, wake up, ate like I say a pork sandwich and the next day you're like, nah. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah. at your mum, you're like, and then just started giving her shit about it or like you start giving you, have you got brothers and sisters? You got yeah, family? I've got a brother, yeah. yeah. Start yeah. giving it into him, eh? And just being like, <laughs> yeah, look at you, you meat eater. <laughs> you know, I'm not, t- I'm not pulling punches on nobody. I don't care if you're my family or not, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. You're actually getting harder. Like, do you put signs on his door when he wake up and be like, like, you know, uh, yeah. that, just one day you'd be like, you've turned into a real bitch, Tash. Ta- <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, because of that sudden change, I guess my whole family were like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know what veganism was mm. one month before going vegan. Yeah. I honestly didn't understand yeah. what it was. I was yeah. like, is it some kind of vegetarianism? I have no fucking mm. clue. And then mm. suddenly I'm vegan and my family's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, but my mum went vegan. Like, oh like, no! Yeah. <laughs> what are we cooking for dinner? Yeah, that's exactly what she was like. Yeah. But Where's she went vegan. Yeah. <laughs> you look she, in the bin. Yeah. She went vegan like five or six months after I did. So oh, I just took she? a bit of education. Oh. And um, mums, yeah, she did it. I love your mum. <laughs> if mums have to cook more than one meal at dinner time, it's it's gonna be insanity. <laughs> no, I don't like that. Yeah. Mum's like one meal. Mm. You know, yeah. that's it. They're not doing pasta and steak and then yeah. a vegan dish on the side, one meal. Yeah. So she was like, all right, vegan time. Yeah. 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 Some cold beans on your plate now. Win-win. <laughs> Everyone's winning. I um, I love it when your mum supported you. Yeah. You know, because yeah. Um, yeah, it is okay. you, look, you look to your family and especially when you you got these ideas and stuff like that and, and especially a way of living, um, you know, like you want your parents to support you. You want your family to support you. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's been quite a journey, especially when I started doing my disruptive activism. Mm. I mean, the police were after me all the time oh. and obviously that would yeah. worry my parents a lot to the point where mum had really bad anxiety over yeah. it. Yeah, I can imagine. Because um, I think um, they've been showing up to your crib a few yeah. times, haven't they? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I've had a couple of visitors. Yeah, Luke's <laughs> had that experience. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, if you knock on the door. <laughs> was, you yours, know was yours I because was of vegan activi- yeah. activism? Uh, uh, no, it wasn't. It was because I was too drunk. Um, uh, but I. Um, on cruelty free beer, I hope. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> I, look, as I said, like, I, um, I really feel like. Diet is one of those things that's really, really hard to to get. Like even when I'm training and I want to eat healthy and this and that, if I'm not training for a while and I'm just like, oh, I'm hell hungry, I'm, it's fast food's always there and it's so easy and it's the worst shit for yeah. you and I know it's bad for me mm. and I hate it when I even afterwards. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and I just – the diet situation for just – you know, us as humans is something that you, it's a it's an inner battle because you have to yeah. eat three times a day, mm. or maybe once or twice, whatever. But you need to eat like, and can you wait to get home? Sometimes can it be four hours? You must go some days where you're like, oh my god, I forgot to bring, I don't know, some lentils or something, whatever, <laughs> like in your pocket or whatever. <laughs> you know, there's no, you're not <laughs> pulling out any snacks. Need, no, but I need to be educated, all right? So, say yeah. for instance, what does your diet <laughs> consist of? today, all right? You wake up in the morning. Hmm. 
Well, I eat mostly a whole food plant-based diet, so I try and avoid processed foods. So in a general day, I will have steel-cut oats with dates and berries, um, have smoothies every day with Mm. bananas, kales and berries, Um, tofu dishes, um, not a fan of like all the alternatives, meaning like you can get vegan cheese, vegan yogurt. Yeah, vegan I was going to say cream, that. If we're talking about fast food, what do you think about those Impossible Burgers? Which is, if you don't know Impossible, it's the it's a, it's basically vegan product that's supposed to taste like meat. Mm. What do you think about that? I'm not a fan of it personally, but mm. I think it's amazing that it exists yeah. because people try it, meaning non-vegans try it and say, I. I didn't Cuts know it. that was vegan. I don't know the difference. So now that that alternative's there, mm. why you can tell people why do you need to pay to murder someone when you can have an alternative that actually tastes the, exactly the same mm. without yeah. the violence well, involved? Well, now in I've it. heard people argue, argue on the other spectrum. Rob Wolf will say that uh, the resources it takes to create an Impossible Burger far outweigh the resources it takes to get a kilo of ground mince and make a proper burger. Environmental impact wise? No. I mean, animal agriculture is the most resource and environmentally destructive industries on this planet. Mm. So, if you think about it, I mean, all the land and the forest cleared to not only make room for those animals, but also the mass amounts of food, the water usage for that, it's Mm. all very, very intensive. And growing plants is the impact is very insignificant compared to animal farming. Mm. In terms of how much land's being cleared or in terms of? Almost everything. I mean, Mm. you know, going from greenhouse gas emissions, that's hugely intensive in animal agriculture. It is the leading cause of deforestation, wildlife extinction. I mean, native animals are losing their homes. But they would still need to clear those forests to plant crops, no? If they were going to do commercial crops? Yes. Yes, unfortunately so. But it is insignificant compared to the amount of land for those animals and the amount of crops growing for those animals to eat. They're eating far more crops than humans do. I I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I I think for you, and I'll just speak for you right (laughs) and then I'll let you say this, the the issue is because I think the environmental impact of farming and humans is just going to be similar whether they're whatever kind of crop they're doing. If they're raising animals, they're raising, um, if they're growing wheat, whatever, they have to clear land, they have to use resources, they've got gas, they have to till the soil, et cetera, et cetera. But is your kind of real issue is more the murder of the animals, right? Yes. Or are you saying is it, is the environmental impact of raising animals um, a bigger issue or, or how do you how do you look at that? Like, Or are you just basically saying like raising the animals, we try to scale that back as much as possible um, because purely of the murder-based message or is it like – because I, I really think that farming either way is going to have an impact. So slow down that. breeding? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Slow down yeah. breeding? Yeah. yeah. But, but like do, do you kind of say – think that farming, whether it's – going to be meat or it's going to be crops, they're both having an environmental impact. Mm. And if you have to scale up crop production, my point is I think it's going to be just as bad as Mm. meat production. Yeah, right. Well, firstly, I think it's all interlinked. Mm. But, of course, my main issue is the moral issue. Mm. It's whether it's destroying the environment or not, 
I think it's immoral to take an animal's life if it's unnecessary. And it is unnecessary in this day and age for most of the human population to be consuming animal products. We have a variety of plant-based options. So it's about supply and demand. Mm. Um, For example, if you choose to go vegan, you're not contributing to the demand of animal abuse and murder anymore. Mm. But in saying that it's interlinked is because it is environmentally destructive and it is the leading cause of wildlife extinction, I'm also fighting for the rights of wild animals who are being mass murdered to clear land for particularly cattle and other farmed animals. But that cattle is definitely the most intensive animal agricultural farming that there is. And just going back on, yeah, there's there's still an impact, of course, for someone consuming a plant-based diet. There's still being land cleared for crops. But if we go back on the fact that there are 70 billion land animals being bred into existence every year just for human food consumption, mm. in comparison to the population of 8 billion people, you can see how much more significant the resources and land required for those animals and their feed, water, etc., is in comparison to a human on a plant-based diet. Well, is there, is there hard data on that? Are they researching those kind of things? Because I would argue that an animal that's broken down, the nutrition that can be gained from a human being, uh, eating that, consuming that animal um, and raising, say, a single cow, let's just scale it down, a single cow, is going to be able to feed a lot more human beings, a lot more uh, nutrition from that animal compared to the amount of vegetables you would have to consume for the same amount of nutrition. Thoughts? I know there definitely is scientific evidence mm. to prove otherwise, but I don't actually know, certainly. I think yeah, there's true. the amount of resources um, required per kilogram of animal protein is significantly more than per kilogram of plant protein. I'm, I'm hitting you with the hard questions. James. Yeah, you We'll are. have some fun ones. We're going to have yeah, some fun yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm coming with some fun questions. <laughs> Thanks. So, no, Thanks, no, Luke. No. Quick. Yeah. Um, all right. So say, for instance, you have a farm. You have, all right, say, for instance, I've got 10 horses. I love my horses. I feed them. They're all going good. And then next minute, one gets sick. And I'm like, well, he's going to die anyways. So he's either going to die a slow death or whatever, you know, where you pat them and they die slowly or whatever. I even, We actually argued, do, do horses sleep on a gun? Oh, he did, did we figure that yeah, out? Where, where, do, they they they, do they horses sleep stand up? I, I think they, they stand up. Yeah, okay. They stand up sleep. Yeah, they do. You might get one or two that will just lay down. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, but the idea is, okay, do you sit there and go, well, this might be my pet for ages. It's crazy because we wouldn't do that to a dog, you know, but the idea is like it's now going to – past, do you sit there and, you know, make a prayer for the horse and go, da, 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 well, you're going to die. Like you, it's not wastage. Like you're not wasting. But what, are you just going to wait until it passes away of natural causes? I feel like that's. No, but so, like, look, uh, uh, it's hard for me to argue. Is like, like, as in, not argue, but try to um, find the idea as in, uh, you know, having growing produce or growing like say animals or whatever, is in the transition to being food on a plate to being like looking after it for its whole life and then going food on a plate. Like as in, I don't even know where I'm going. I think I get what you mean. My response I'm to sorry, that like, uh, is, is, there, is there anywhere, I know you're so, like we understand where you're standing on it, but why yeah. I look at it is like you've got wet markets in China that are like, ugh. Like there's just everything set in cage, everything's shitting. You got to put um, lambs and stuff and sheep on these boats, and they're all just like 
the worst case scenario is like in the, going over to like Saudi Arabia and stuff like that, and they're just heat and killing them slowly. And then you've got a cow on a paddock that like you look after its whole life, and then you like you look after it most of its life, and then at least you use it at the end. Do you mean when they actually pass away naturally, or yeah. do you think that if they have a good life, then taking their life justifies that? No, nah, it probably doesn't justify it, but just the fact that it's like it's a. Um, I just think uh, it's like there's so many spectrums like of, of mm. ways you should treat an animal. Like the dog markets, right? So I did some research this morning about the um, the China dog markets. Like everyone, because we're Western cultures, we love dogs. Mm. Our dogs are our pets. Cats are our pets. We never oh, look at dog and a cat as food. I know where you're going but with this. in different countries, like no, but the dog market, how's this, right? So the dog market festival only started in 2010. It hasn't been gone for years and years and years. It was only 2010. Oh, horrible too. Yeah, and the horrible. worst. And and it's like, um, but how's this? Only 20% of uh, residents in China and stuff actually eat it. It's. I thought right. it'd be more. I thought it'd be about. Well, the problem like, is twenty percent of China. Everyone's eating it. Twenty yeah. percent. It's, it's actually. Yeah, it's no, a it's lot a lot of people. people yeah, I understand. Dogs. But there's a lot of people that don't. Eighty percent that don't. And there's a lot of protesters and stuff that still fight to this day every year. You know, they'll go up against it and make it as, as disruptive as possible. So mm. it's harder to do it. Like I sit there and think. As I said, what you do is great because uh, it makes every abattoir, every single company that is doing this and treating animals that way, Tash Peterson can have a hidden camera on you right now. So <laughs> yeah, you want to kick think that about shit, it in the Yeah, you want to think about it because you'll be all over news getting caught kicking the sheep. You know, you shouldn't be treating animals bad, but there are people out there that are just, you know, you shouldn't have to tell someone to be good, but you just naturally are good, you know. So mm. if, you, if you are in the industry of working in an abattoir, or you, you know, or whatever, the, those industries are so big that at least, like, people probably go in there with the mentality, oh, I'm a good person, but I'm, you know, it is, it is, it's a job, whatever. And then after years, they just get worse and worse and worse because they've been in an abattoir for like 30 years and they're just like, just get in there and, you know, like, mm. like there's the dark side. Definitely. Oh, yeah, there's the dark side of killing animals and especially like in such a large scale. scale. Yeah. And that's the stuff that you are definitely, I feel like, Every event you do, I kind of sit there and go, yeah, but she's right. You know, we need you. Yeah, we need you. Yeah, you know, we need someone like that. You know, because <laughs> no, you're sitting there and see all the like um, the sheep that are travelling across the ocean. Horrible, and, dude. Yeah, it's the worst. And it um, is. and yeah, and once in a blue moon, you do a a, a protest, and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, she's you know she's right. She's bringing yeah. awareness. I, to I it see right both now. sides. Yeah, of it. you know, I I, I definitely. 100% see what you're saying. I also see there's farmers that are making living, employing people, etc. Um, can we talk about vegan booty? Yeah. Sure thing. Let's talk about some vegan booty. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How <laughs> did you come up with that name? Because when I saw that and Luke had mentioned, you know who would be great to have on the podcast, Tash? I was like, yeah. all right, well, I'm going to follow her on Instagram, yeah. vegan booty. <laughs> Tell us, yeah. Tash. Well, it started off as a joke. Because I found some shorts online that I bought that said vegan booty on the back of them. <laughs> so I started wearing these shorts all the time. I was like, fuck yeah, these are cool shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves them. So then naturally all my activist mates started calling me vegan booty as a nickname. <laughs> and then one day my mate said, 
you need to change your Instagram name to Vegan Booty. This is going to be something like this. I can see it has yeah. potential. So I was yeah, like, yeah. just like, oh, all right, I'll just do it, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then it, from that moment, it sort of just blew off, mm. I guess, um, with help from Isaac Butterfield making videos yeah. about me and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. He went, wasn't he going at you quite a bit? Was oh, it? yeah. Yeah, you and him back had a back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, that. I love a bit of yeah, back yeah, and forth yeah, discourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, what do you and think then... of him right now? Isaac Butterf- Butterfield? <laughs> Hot take. Yeah. Well, it's funny because everyone thinks we're like worst enemies, mm. but I've chatted to him online. We did a podcast and stuff together yeah. uh, and yeah. he's all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't agree with his anti-veganism, but um, oh, otherwise. He, he'd be a, well, a meat eater. He, he makes himself out to be yeah. an anti-vegan. He sells the oh, anti-vegan right. merch oh. and stuff, oh, but he, he has oh, a geez. rescue greyhound and I know that okay. deep down he, he does care yeah, about so animals. He just... Yeah. Polar opposite scale there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you had anti-vegan yeah, yeah, yeah. and vegan booty. talked it up. Yeah. 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 Well, there's one thing Instagram loves, it's booty. <laughs> so with, um, all right, I got a question. Now, every single time you do these events, sometimes you do them half naked, whatever, is in how would you, like, so a bit of serious, right? We understand that there's um, the shock factor to it and, you know, it brings that awareness. But, um when there's kids and stuff in places, you kind of go, oh, oh, damn, I didn't know that kid was there. <laughs> or you're like, or it's just you're in the zone. You're just like, fuck everybody, hear my message, you know, rah, rah, rah. Um, but if there was a guy that did it, imagine like with his wang out of the shit. Vegan Would you be like, bro, like, <laughs> like too much? <laughs> like you can't, you just do it with your shirt off like me? You know I mean? There might be a, a hole in the market for you there, vegan ding dong. <laughs> Vegan schnitzel, a vegan egg. Yeah, plant. I feel like there's a missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's definitely a missing market. Do you know what? Someone's going to create it now. I oh, know. If you're yeah. out there, yeah, at yeah. Me, if you're vegan, out there, vegan yeah. peener. Yeah, you could probably get tackled a bit hard. Remember when you got tackled at the Royal Show? Did you get tackled? <laughs> yeah, by some guy. It was like, actually fucked. Yeah, I thought he was going to beat the living crap out of me. It was that bad. Yeah, he was a bit angry. That little man, eh? He's anti-vegan. Yeah. yeah, he needed a he shave. Just, that guy. He came out of nowhere. He grabbed the shirt, my shirt from yeah. back here, and my mm. pants. He pulled my mm. shorts up yeah. so hot, high that I had mm. bruising oh, all around my groin. Yeah, he treated like a. <laughs> and then like he a threw me around <laughs> and put me into the fence, and yeah, I, like he did, had yeah. me. It was so yeah, fucking was rapey. Awkward, he had yeah. me like back like yeah. that, and I thought that's it. That He's gonna beat the shit out of me, and his face was so red. Yeah. He was so short. He kind of looked like he wait, was. Wait, like, I didn't see this. Uh, what dwarf? Explain from, to me what happened. Why um, was he so upset? You were probably so. Business. This was at the royal show mm. at a cattle judging event. Yeah, yeah. So I went under the fence into the arena area where they had the cattle mm. on yeah. show judging, etc. And then there was an audience there, so I just stayed on the back end and I was just speaking out to the audience. Um, and then this guy, the farmer, just came out of nowhere. You weren't naked or anything me. at this point, right? You no. Yeah. Wow. And he just manhandled him? I can yeah. guarantee you he's kicked he was a sheep furious. in his life. Yeah, I mean, that's someone exactly. that doesn't care about animals. Yeah, well, so I'm just going to. Exactly. He, if he was happy to treat me that way, exactly. being filmed in front of families, mm. then do I don't want to imagine doors. what he does to animals on his property. Oh, and unfortunately, this these are the kind of people that, you are paying mm, to abuse animals to when you consume products. And I have no doubt that there are many farmers that truly do care about their animals and I have <clears throat> nothing inherently against them, but that's just, you know, the way 
that we've been brought up into this society mm. to view them literally as objects and commodities. If you've seen that guy... Um, well, he's, we're actually br- about to bring him in the studio. <laughs> no, just don't get that. Imagine Did that. Did he get charged? Imagine if we had that no, guy in there. We just he didn't get charged. Uh, no, he, I Because the in... cops don't like you now. That's mm, why. And they're like, exactly. oh, so now exactly. everyone can just grab Tash Peterson and just grab it like that. That should be assault. You better exactly. not. It's, it's so unjust. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when they actually called me saying, no, we're not going to press yeah. charges wait, wait, because wait, you trespassed you and they oh. claimed that it was for my own safety oh, really? that I was going to cause harm to the animals or some bullshit. Well, the, I didn't and even think there was an animal in the paddock wow. at that time, was it? There were three uh, cattle, but okay. I was a far distance Close. away from yeah. them and nothing was going to oh, happen. They're, they're actually it, very yeah. gentle beings, that particular breed. They, yeah. tr- they cool. claim that you were cool. trying to harm the animals. Mm. Yeah, they, yeah, they always it's turn like, it around yeah. on me. A warrior yeah, for saving yeah. the animals yeah. or something. And then then Tash runs up and hits one, like <laughs> whack on the ass. Oh, have you ever punched a cow? No, never, never, never. Why would I punch a cow? I don't know, I just thought of that. <laughs> I don't like that dude. I'm pat a cow. I, um, that guy, right, I can imagine he would go to every event, circuses, he probably has all these little baby sheep, takes them in there, lets all the kids play with them when they're all finished. They're like, get them. Back in the trailer and off we go, like, mm. just the way it was, well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, no, maybe he's actually really nice. <laughs> Gee, I don't know. Good. No, he's not. At the risk of getting nah. sued for defamation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that guy. I don't like he did that. And no. I don't like he didn't get charged because that's bullshit. Yeah, I know. Um, let's talk about your record. How many charges you <laughs> How many times you had Who's the police door? Because I know you've been no, banned from all the licensed West Australian venues. Boring mm. yeah. licensing it's not like you, it's department. Not like you can get in there. What are we trying to party here? Let Tash in the building because yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're having a quiet, boring ass pub. Do oh, you no. do you go out yeah. much to eat? Because they're like not yeah. anymore. Is there, is there any good vegan stores around? Yeah, mother, there's... mother and Freeman. Yeah, give yeah, some of those mother guys. And Frio. Oh, fantastic. Oh, okay. Um, there's nothing fishy in Leaderville. So ah. it's all vegan fish and chips. Yeah, been oh, there too. Wow. Been Pretty there good. Too. Oh yeah. Um unfortunately there's yeah. not really much else. No, no, it's a lot of cooking at home. Gotta be organized. Well, like there's a lot there's like grilled pizza hut, crust and stuff all have, have amazing have vegan option, options. Yeah. So mm. it that's is a good, good more thing. Option, the better. Yeah. When did they all kind of start making those? Is it last last couple of years or yeah, some well, of them only since, very recently. Since Vegan and Booty started on Instagram, <laughs> that's, that's when they made that change. <laughs> They're like, uh, sponsored by <laughs> yeah. Vegan Booty. Yeah. Yeah, oh, God. Um, yeah, all right. I've got, um, I think I had one more thing. So Wait, I want to hear about the charges. Tell oh, me about yeah. charges. Oh, yeah, Let's talk about the police, right. the 5 yeah. whoop, whoop. Well, I have three criminal convictions. Boy. So not as many as people probably oh. think. Uh, three is oh. quite a lot. <laughs> oh, is it? I don't know. Well, some reason, <laughs> some reason a lot of people think I'm on the verge of going to jail and I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to jail well, anytime soon. Unfair. One day maybe. But, oh, um. look, you, uh, what have you done really that's just that's super bad? Like, it's disruptive. Yeah, it's disruptive, mm. you know. Yeah, I mean the last two charges that I received last month were for disorderly conduct and I – believe that's unjust and I think it comes down to the fact that I was a topless woman and they're using that against me to get me for disorderly conduct. Can you, can so you legally be topless in WA as a female, like in public places? It's actually a very grey area. In New York it's legal. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And in Melbourne it is. Yeah. So 
as it should be. Oh, yeah. wow, I didn't but know that. it it is a grey area here. It's not technically illegal. The reason they were able to charge me is because it was in combination with protests. So they were able to try and pick out other parts of my conduct that was disorderly and charge me. But when I actually go out and do a a peaceful protest in public, if I'm topless, the police will give me a move on order and that's not an offence. And then they'll make up a bunch of shit as Mm. to why they're allowed to move me on. It's so, interesting there's other rules for like say a politician just wants to stand up with a microphone and start yelling at people. That's totally fine. Yeah. Although there's not many topless politicians. <laughs> that would be a good platform. <laughs> I feel like I'd vote for those people. But I hate that they just get to put signs all over the place. You know, I was oh, riding I was yeah. riding here this morning on my motorcycle. It's beautiful morning. The sun's coming out. It's just amazing. And then some douchebag's picture is front and center like every second 10 mm. meters. How are they allowed to do that? It's like mm. I don't want to look at forced advertising mm. and then you got this dumb politician square looking at you in the face. But then if she was topless. Have you ever, have you ever <laughs> tried to run for uh, politics? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. I mean the Animal Justice Party is doing a brilliant job, but okay. I just don't see myself yeah. in a position yeah. to do that. I just want to keep like doing my disruptive yeah. activism. Yeah, yeah, keep bringing it down. What, <laughs> yeah. What's on the hit list next? We don't yeah. want to. Oh, you can't give that away. Yeah, yeah, I can't give yeah. away any information. But she's coming for you all. What's, what's you better here? watch out. <laughs> you better take care because Tash Peterson is coming for <laughs> you. I'll try to find something. What's right. been your biggest... What's been your biggest disruptive protest? What was the one you were like, that had the biggest impact? I was really proud of how that went. Probably my Louis Vuitton protest last year. Mm, I think that was the most impactful one Mm. Um, because that's sort of straight after that I got um, an opportunity to speak live on Sky News. Mm. Um, I did multiple podcasts and interviews and up until that point, when the media had reported on my protesting, no one had ever been interested really in interviewing me. I'd had like a couple with Channel 7 and stuff, but that was it. But suddenly after that protest, everyone wanted to hear what I had to say. So it just gave me this amazing platform to spread mm-hmm. my message even further. And I think it made, yeah, a pretty big impact. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? What's the what's the mindset before you uh, – well, I've been naked before. I'm a fashion model for – 18 years. So I know what that's about. But are you feeling like before you're about to go in, are you like, oh gosh, are you getting like a bit of an adrenaline rush before you do the before you do the thing? Yeah, have a shot of Yeah, you like alcohol. Are you trying to psych let's, let's yourself? Go up? listen to some Eminem on the way there, like <laughs> yeah. pumping dun, it. Dun, you know? dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Yeah. Well, yeah, even if I'm doing a clothed protest, I still get yeah. freaking yeah. nervous it's to pretty this intense. day. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it was only a year ago where I just didn't feel confident in my body to to be topless. And I think that's so sad that that society, that society has put that upon women to actually feel insecure. But then I knew that it would be powerful and I have freedom of, over my body to mm. bring awareness to those who have no bodily freedom. And that's exactly why I did it because it was symbolic to the particular protest that I was doing and... It was creative and impactful. Well, you've also Love had it. other protesters that have also stripped down for you for some events, is it, or is it just you? Because I've I swear I've seen a photo with like a couple, a couple people, and they were all protesting. And I don't know if you, if you were like you know like the leader of that or like oh, yeah you know I mean? yeah I've done a couple of group yeah. ones yeah. where we've like not completely stripped no, no, down, course, but yeah. like 
But yeah. it's, it's like same thing. It's just like yeah. it, it makes people, you know, um, well, it's, you know, get the message across. I guess. Well, there's yeah. a community. Yeah, if you exactly. got a, if you, is there a Peter? Is there a Peter in Australia? A branch of Peter? Is it Peter? Yeah, there Peter. is. Yeah. yeah. Are they good? Yeah. Peter? Yeah. Yeah, they do yeah. a lot of good work for yeah. animal rights. And, yeah, a lot of their protests are pretty similar to mine. They're not as disruptive. They're more very on the creative side. They, They'll they kind used of stand to be bit, out the front of places. They used to be a bit more disruptive. Yeah. I mean, especially with the fashion business, like oh, storming yeah. catwalks and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, they've done some really yeah, yeah, yeah. good stuff, yeah. 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 Are, you, are, you, do you, are you a part of them or are you just, is it more like no, you're just not? I just sort of do my own thing. Yeah. I've been, like I still am sort of involved in lots CEO of different groups. of your but own group. Yeah, 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 it's just no one really wanted to do what I did and that's yeah. exactly why I do most of my activism by myself because mm. I just, it just didn't work. No one really liked my ideas. Maybe they didn't have the confidence to go out and do it. So I thought, mm. fuck it, I'll just do my yeah. own thing. And I, yeah. I mean, I love going with other activists, of course, but it's just very time-consuming trying to get people together mm. and getting everyone on the same page to do oh, a yeah, protest. 100%. 100%. And I'm, I've just always been a very solo person, so I'm like, all right, I'll just do my own thing. What, what do you, uh, if we were going to improve anything in Australia, like let's not take on the whole world but just in Australia, what's something you'd like to see happen from you know an individual standpoint but also from a business side if we were going to start making little steps towards uh, your ultimate goal, I guess. Well, yeah. Firstly, I really encourage everyone to see Dominion. It's all Australian footage and it's free on YouTube. And if people actually see what is happening in our own country, because we like to point the finger, oh, that only happens in that country or other countries, et cetera. But we don't realise that the exact same thing is happening in Australia and it is abhorrent and violent and cruel what is happening Mm. to animals in Australia. Mm. And this is a two-hour documentary. It's not filming isolated incidents. It's filming local free-range farms all around Australia. It's giving you a whole picture of Mm. undercover footage, people who risk their lives to get that footage, people who pretended to be workers on these places with, you know, cameras on them showing Mm. what other workers were doing to these animals. And if people just had an idea of what is happening in our own country and across the globe, then I think that's the first step to changing and making more conscious choices when we buy food or clothing, et cetera. Mm. And, you know, not everyone can go vegan overnight like I did, but, you know, at least having that consciousness of trying to make better choices in our lives is the first step to change, like reducing that demand for animal products is what's ultimately going to lead us to. One thing my family does is we try try to have more, a vegetarian meal a year. A week, which I know is a small thing, but yeah, but it, it has is, a meaning. It, it, it is those small yeah. things. It, Try to in the end, veggies. what is as you said, like, it's a little um, things. Curve the demand. Yeah. So if we curve the demand individually, each person starts off eating less meat. Um, also, maybe sharing a vegan booty post. You know what I mean? Make share sure that vegan. Go follow vegan there. booty. Make sure share those posts. If uh, you we, <laughs> we got we got to wrap this up, but yeah. I have to say one thing, and I think for me, I always knew American the industry, factory farming industry just abhorrent. I didn't realize how bad it was in Australia. Um, also with eggs, chicken eggs, when they say uh, cage-free eggs, that's bullshit. They've got them all in a tiny little room. Mm. Exactly. So you got to find, if you are eating eggs, as I am, find yeah. pasture-raised eggs. They're a little bit more expensive. Yeah. But, but just to mention, they still yeah. grind up the baby male chicks yeah. on their first day of yeah. life. 
horrible. Oh. And it's still animal exploitation. Tash, so. where can we find you? Where yeah. can we find you? Um, well, I'm on all social medias. Mm. Um, you can just search Tash Peterson or Vegan Booty, spelt vegan without booty. the E. Yeah. Um, you have an yeah. OnlyFans as well, don't you? Yeah, I do. What's going yeah. on down there? Just quick, because we gotta we got to wrap it. Well, I think everyone should subscribe and help yeah. me with my activism. It's literally allowing me to do my activism. Is that, is that your primary time. primary source of funding? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah, I have that just to help me out with my activism. And 100%. I'm pretty active That's on there. So, yeah. yeah. yeah so, good. join up, subscribe, <laughs> uh, help support uh, Tash, and also to fight her charges. Thank you. Because I think. As I, I love said, what you're doing, yeah. Tash. I really think. I don't so think much. we have exactly well. aligned ideals, but I just love that you're out there doing that because it's so, so good. To and really quickly, you must also get there's two sides of the tail. There's the people that are DM you, then the meat lovers that are just being assholes for uh. no reason. No reason at all. Be yeah. kind. Screw them, guys. Keep doing you uh, because one thing I've learned, it doesn't matter whatever you do in life, there's always going to be haters. Exactly. And if you sit there and stay on your right path and keep doing what you're doing, I think that uh, I think there's going to be more Please. followers, more people getting behind you, and eventually – I might even try and go vegan, but I might start vegetarian first. Yeah, we, well, you know what you should do, bro. You know what you do. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do ten days of vegan. Woo, How's that for a start? Dude, yeah. I said my diet. Yeah. Oh, see, the problem is I go real skinny, so everyone probably think I'm meth head. You yeah, know, they if I went full vegan, vegan, they'll be like, "Oh my god, this guy's like." But really, I'm on the vegan diet. But look, I'll you want to do a ten day vegan challenge? We talk about it. All right, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, why not? Do you know what? Because if only ten days is ten days, and you know what? Why don't we get our followers to get involved? Yeah, let's do it. Should we do a vegan? Should we do a vegan thing? But you you want to do a vegan challenge with us? We need to put together a diet because that's where I don't understand how to do it. Like I struggle. You just don't eat meat. I can give you some resources. Yeah, here we go. All right, Tash has some resources. All right, so at Vegan Booty. Spell it for us, Tash, so we get it exactly right. B G A N B O T Y. Oh yeah, Tash okay. Peterson, check her out. Thank you so much for thank talking. Thank you. Tash. Thanks for having me thanks on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. And that's it. <laughs> Episode twelve. We got to thank Co Digital, our sponsor. Yeah. Taking care of us on the podcast. Our digital agency. They can do it all. Websites. They content create. They create podcasts. Marketing. Mm, search them up because uh, you never know. You might want to start your own podcast. And if they, if you don't help them and follow their stuff, then they're going to cut our podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, please. We're making it. No, they Thank you, listeners. They wait. They love us. Peace. Peace. Peace.